0: Jesus House, in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House, London.
1: God bless you. Are you ready for God's word? Amen. Our speaker uh, is a very good friend of mine Um, The closest person to me um, Certainly around ministry issues And then life generally Um, We speak literally every day It's crazy, every single day We we speak to each other Um, He's encouraged me in my walk Um, He would say I've encouraged him in his walk Um, He pastors a sister church um, Jesus House, D.C., um, in Silver Spring, Maryland. Um, he's a very successful businessman. I don't know how he does all the stuff he does. He's chairman of an oil and gas company. Um, he, 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 he's a major owner uh, of and, and runs great places to work, which I'm sure you've heard about offices in the U.K. and in Nigeria and in America. Um, and he runs a, a training company, Uh, that trains um, organizations, governments, and all that stuff. Um, And I'm just grateful to God for who he is. Um, Some of you might have heard as well that he's in transition um, on his way to stepping into um, the ancestral throne from where he originally comes from as a king in West Africa. So pastor, businessman, king, But simply, my friend, uh, Pastor Gandhi Olauye. Make him welcome as he comes to share the word.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's be seated. I want to thank um, my brother, Pastor Hago because he's more than a friend, and also the leadership of this uh, church for the opportunity to share the word of the Lord. Um, preaching here today is a little bit of a challenge, and the reason is that uh, I was thinking of which one should I preach, because I do not know which one Pastor Aguas has preached out of the ones he has told me. And that's the truth. So I was thinking, which one is my original? Which one is Pastor Hagro's? But um, if what I'm preaching is what he has said before, it's still okay. Amen? Praise the Lord. But please, let's honor a wonderful man of God, Pastor Hagro. And of course, uh, Pastor Shola. And uh, Pastor Shala is also a friend, so praise the Lord. And, uh, of course, uh, Dr. Adiaga, who I have known before, all of you. Amen. Let's welcome, Doc. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the other ministers. Father, Lord, once again, we thank you for the opportunity to talk about you and your principle. The few words we will say today, Lord, let it be yours. Let the people hear you. Let's not say we've had a good sermon. Let us be able to say the Lord has spoken to us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Matthew 27. Matthew 27, verse 57. Matthew 27, verse 57. Now, when evening had come, there came a rich man. Everybody say a rich rich man. From Arimathea, named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. Let's continue. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. Let's go on. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb. Everybody say new tomb. tomb. Can we say "New new tomb? Which he had hewn out of the rock and he rolled a light stone against it to the door of the tomb. Um, this is a very interesting story and it's a story I love a lot the Bible describes this man as a rich man so it tells us it debunks a lot of things that we hear that it's as if the people who follow Jesus are people like the blind bat males the Mary Magdalene who was delivered from seven demons and people who are not well-to-do, like uh, one of these old philosophers said, that religion is the opium of the masses. This Bible tells us that rich men are also disciples of Jesus. So being rich does not exclude you from discipleship of Jesus. I'm talking today what it is to become a disciple and the cost of it. The Bible says he begged for the body of Jesus. A disciple was, is a follower of doctrines. And the Bible tells us that Joseph of Arimathea is like what you call a member of the Sahindri. And so what we will liken that to today is someone who is a member of parliament, somebody who has influence. But though he had influence and is a member of the syendri, who seats in the Sanhedrin are like the custodian of the Jewish custom and traditions, because they were under the Roman Empire. And so this man is a man of means and of great means. Not only did he have the political influence, he also was a rich man, as the Bible says. And when the Bible says somebody is rich, it means he is rich. But, though he's rich, he's a member of the Cyandrine of the Council, he's a highly placed individual, but yet he is a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible, if we look at this, and I want us to conjecture a lot of things today, because a lot of times we just read it, we feel it's like, uh, it's like a story. This time that this man came out was a time that Jesus Christ has just died what you call a death of no nobility, an ignorable death. It was not popular at all to be associated with a man who has died on the cross, a disgraceful death. It wasn't popular because it was a time in Jerusalem at that time That associating with Jesus was not the best for you, even for your safety. Because don't forget, Peter, who has said he will go to stick with him till his death, had denied him three times, which just means he has denied him multiple times. The real disciples who have followed him, who later became the apostles, were nowhere to be found. And then this man, who has died a death of disgrace, this eminent personality showed up. His name is Joseph, who is from the city of Aramathia. He dared to show up for Jesus at a time when nobody was interested in Jesus. The question for you, the question for me today, is that, are we going to be proud to show up for Jesus when it seems it doesn't matter? When people are so super on him and saying a whole lot of rubbish about him. This man is most, for most of us. <laughs> He's not even at our level. When you think about who this man the Bible describes him to be. But all of those things didn't matter to him. Hebrews eleven twenty six says something to us. And I like what he said here. It he says that this man was talking about Moses at that time. But it's also very, very interesting for us to look at it. The Bible says of Moses, Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than riches and the treasure. So it happens that this man also did something. He esteemed what was, looked like a reproach. Most of the time, we don't esteem what looks like the reproach of Christ. But that means he gave value to what people had indignation for. He gave value for what people disdain. It was not a time to be associated with him, but to him, it was not just another man that died. To him, it was everything that he has been schooled upon, to everything that he believed in. I'm going somewhere, please follow me. The Bible says in verse 57 of Matthew 27, they said the evening time when he had come. And I started putting myself, what could have been in the mind of Joseph during the day? Someone he had followed, don't forget they called him his disciple of Christ. He had followed him, his teaching. He has shaped his life with his teaching. So during the day, the, 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 the confusion that was in Jerusalem at that time, and everybody talking about the death of a man who they thought was going to be the king, a man they thought that was going to deliver them from the hands of the Romans. I can imagine what could have been in the mind of Joseph. I don't know whether he was in Aramathia. I don't know whether it was in Jerusalem. But I could imagine what could have been his thoughts during the day. Saying, I can't believe that Jesus died. I can't believe that they would be able to get him. I can't believe all of those things. But anyway, by evening time, the Bible tells us, whether he some of the courage, whether he came to his senses, whether the reality of the whole thing struck him, it decided that I'm going to do something about it. Maybe the Lord spoke to him. So he decided that he was going to go and talk to Pontius Pilate. And you know, we can read this, that he went to Pilate. Don't forget, Pilate was a governor. So number one, he tells us that this man had access to him. Because not every Tom, Dick, and Harry can go to Pilate at that time. So I can imagine what could have happened when he decided to go and get what seems to be a reproach even at that time. Can imagine him going to the governor's house, Pilate's house, and telling the protocol people, "I would like to do one thing. I would like to see Pilate." And the person will have said, "Who wants to see him? Just tell him Joseph." But eventually, he might know so many Joseph. But tell him the one that is from Arimathea. I'm sure he will know. He knows, he knows me. Imagine the protocol, going to talk to Pontius Pilate and telling him, you have a guest, and the guest is a man called Joseph. He says from Mara that you would know him. And he goes, oh, all right, let him come in. (laughs) And um, I can see Joseph approaching Pontius Pilate, sitting on his throne or his chair, and saying, what brings us down? (laughs) And I can imagine Joseph saying, your Excellency, Your Highness, or whatever he calls him, I would like you to do a favor for me. And Pontius, maybe going on, and said, What could be the favor you need, Joseph? And he says, I need you to please release for me the body of Jesus Christ. Trust me, I put myself in that situation. The look that was a being. In the eyes of Pilate, thinking that you, Joseph, you are one of them. What do you need this body for? And I can imagine Joseph telling Pontius Pilate that um, uh, that man does not deserve the kind of dirty God. He's not a thief. He's a very honorable person. I can imagine him declaring that I am one of them. I'm not only one of them, I'm one of his disciples. I have followed his teachings. I have followed everything that has to do with this man for the past three years. I believe in him. The shock that must have been in the face of Pilate at that time. Not believing that such an honorable man, because it would have been taught that the people who followed him were the people who were looking for food, the blind, the lame, the, the, the not well to do people. That you are one of the disciples of this man. The man showed up. He esteemed what seems like a reproach. For Pontius Pilate, Jesus was everything. For you and me, is Jesus everything? He took the body. The Bible says that Pilate commanded Maybe we could read this and also miss the point. Don't forget, we'll see this in the rest of the story, that the people had come to him and they've told him, don't make sure you don't release this man. Guide this body because this man has said that he will rise up and they can come and steal the body. And this disciple will say, oh, the man rose up. But the Bible tells us that he asked the body to be released. I can imagine the, the shock in the eyes of Pontius Pilate about what is, what is this body. This body is nothing. But if that's what you want, you can have it. The Bible tells us that he took the body and he wrapped it. We could look at this also and miss the point. Because something happened here when he took the body, the Bible says he wrapped it in a new living. This man had one opportunity. He had an opportunity of what was prophetic utterance. He had the opportunity that very few people, and only probably him and people who were within, could ever have. I can imagine him touching the wounds of our Lord Jesus Christ and remembering what was said by Isaiah that his body was bruised for us. The chastisement was upon him. He had an opportunity to touch the wounds and touch the blood that came from him just because of his obedience to the Lord. What would never happen to many of us, what many of us will never experience? This man from Arimatha experienced this. The Bible let us know that as he touched this thing, he must have thought that he was wounded for our transgression. He must have remembered that these wounds are bruised for the iniquities of our lives. He must have thought, touching this thing, that the chastisements of our peace was upon him. And he would have thought, these stripes are what healed us. Because the Bible says, He cleaned him up and He wrapped him. Many of us, we miss the opportunity that God wants to give to us all the time. It wasn't popular but see what God gave to him because it's never always going to be popular <laughs> for us to follow him many a times we are in a situation where God nudges us because this man must have been nudged also just like God nudges you and me and wants us to do things for his kingdom but this man had one great privilege to be part of the prophecy that concerned our Lord and Savior. The Bible says he wrapped it in a clean linen. But after washing him up. My God. I wish I was there. I really wish I was there. To be able to touch his wounds. And knowing that these wounds are prophetic utterance for the whole world to be saved. He did not just put him in any fabric, saying, after all, he's dead. <laughs> Do you have khaki there? Oh, wrap him up. Or just put anything, after all, he's dead. I didn't even know that he would not rise. I have followed him for three years, like most of us. When God doesn't show up for us, we say, I don't know whether this still works. But he never thought whether it worked or not. He gave him the honor that he deserved. Do you give him the honor that he deserves in your life? He gave him the honor that he deserves. The linen is a high-quality fabric. That's what he did. (laughs) Just preparing this message. I talked about a lot of us where we go to parties and we go for functions. We we spray brand-new notes. And then when we come to the house of the Lord, we do one thing. I know we don't give notes a lot, a lot of time now. We, we send the thing. But what most of us do is that we tip the Lord, T-I-P. You know how you go to a restaurant and you tip the waiter. You give God what is nothing. As if, you know, when the waiter starts, you, you tip them. Thank you. That's what many of us did. And that's what many of us would do. The Bible says that he put him in a clean linen cloth. Verse sixty, because my time is running out. The next thing the Bible says in verse sixty <laughs> is that he laid him in his new tomb. You know, everybody say tomb, please once again, please. You know, the tomb where you <laughs> when you yeah. are alive. And you have a tomb. That means you have planned for your future. Because when you are alive, you don't prepare a tomb. So this man was so rich that he couldn't take the chance that <clears throat> they were going to put him in the right place. He didn't think whether they were going to put him in a befitting place. So he prepared for his future, though he was still alive. How are you going to have a tomb when you're still alive? What it just means is that it was something important to him. So he had prepared for his future. I'm going somewhere, follow me. The next word there that shocked me is the word hewn. Because there is not much of a problem when you hewn wood. But when you hewn the rock, that is a very difficult thing. <laughs> that is a very difficult thing. Many of us we find it very difficult because when we think about the struggles of our lives, we think about the pain that we've been through. The blisters of our hand reminds us of the pain that we've gone through. Where I come from, there is a saying and a proverb that says that when the hunter thinks about the Challenges of the forest. When he kills an animal, he will not share it with anybody. This man hewn the rock. That must have been a very difficult thing. He must have had uh, 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 um, pains in his hands. He must have had pains in his shoulder. It must have taken him a very long time. This is something he prepared for himself. It's like you and me today. What it will like into our tomb is the savings that we have, the stocks and the bonds that we bought, and you know, the annuities and all of those things that we have prepared for our future. That at a future date, I'm going to sit by the, <laughs> by the ocean, cross my leg, and drink virgin pina colada. You prepared for your future. That's what this man had done. He had prepared for his future. He had worked hard. He has suffered. He, had, he, can, he feels the pain and the challenges of getting and preparing for you. And the Bible may declare is new. New one. Prepared for himself. That's what he did. But he was ready to do one thing. He was ready to give it up for the sake of Christ. Oh my God! How are you going to? What is that kind of mindset a man has? And this is why people don't understand what discipleship is like. What kind of mindset makes a man to give what he has prepared for his future? What he has labored for? What he had worked for? What he could feel the pain? He could see the challenges that he went through? My God! Listen to me and don't forget what I'm about to say. He was ready to give it up. He never knew that Jesus was going to rise up on the third day. He was ready to give it up finally. He, was, he didn't know that it was going to be a temporary place, that Jesus was renting it only for three days. He thought it was a permanent place for him, but he was ready. Though he hewn it. He worked for it. He labored for it. He suffered for it. He went through challenges for it. It was difficult for him, but he says, what well, if the master needs it, so he God, how many of us, even me, preaching it, I'm thinking, will I have? If God tells me to give and empty my accounts, the things I've worked for, will I do it? He didn't hold back. The Bible says he gave it all. Kai, okay. that's what he did. He gave it up. I'm sure this man passed the test. But (laughs) that means God must have looked at all the different disciples. Because they were not, you know, Zacchaeus was also one of his disciples. So he wasn't the only rich man. But when this man was preparing the tomb, while he was making it befitting for a rich man, heaven knew that that's where Jesus was going to live, since he's the Alpha and the Omega. But what he didn't know was that preparation was not for him. The preparation was for our Lord and Savior. But when the Lord and Savior needed it, he gave it up. There are many things that the position where you are, the job that you got, the opportunities that God has brought to you. There are a lot of these things that God brought to you that the reason why he brought it to you is going to be for the master's use. When the person who had those donkeys that Jesus was going to ride to to Jerusalem, the man did not know that the reason why that donkey has never been ridden is because Christ was going to need it. A lot of these things, we never know why God is allowing certain things to happen. But He's the Alpha and the Omega. So he prepares that thing because he will ask you for it. But many times, you and me will fall short. Because when Master has for it, we are reluctant to give it. That's why discipleship is a very difficult thing. That's why it's difficult to be a disciple. Because... Look at the disciples that he had. The, the, James and John, they had their father's business, Zebedee and Co. They had that business. That they, it was a fishing business. And the Lord told them, leave what you're doing. Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. That's the promise he gave them. When he says fishers of men, he says, you know, there's a difference between fishers of men and a fisherman. <laughs> A fisherman fish fish. A fisher of men fish men that fish fish. You'll get that one later. So he says, I'm going to, you are fishing fish, but what I'm going to do is that I will promote you that you will now be fishing men who fish fish. You'll get that one later. He says, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to add value to you. That's what God does for us. So God made this man (laughs) to be rich because he knew that someday God factored himself into that man's future plan. The man did not know that God had factored himself into his plan. But though he didn't know, was ready to give it up for him. (laughs) When you heal the rock, you never want to share it with anybody. This must have been very personal for him. This issue of Jesus Christ must have been very personal for him. (laughs) Because the time he showed up was not the time that was popular. The time he showed up was not the time to show up for him. But he did show up for him. If God looks into this congregation today, will he find you faithful? Can God trust you? Can God trust me? That that which we have prepared for, that which we have longed for, you know, you think about this. When this man must have finished the tube, he will have looked at it. There is nothing more to hide. That's what he would have said. And he would have closed the tomb waiting for the day of his death. Don't forget he's a rich man. The Bible says he hewn the thing. Whether he personally hewned it, whether he used a servant, but at least he supervised it to what his own taste will be. What he did is that he gave up his plans for God. He gave out his give up his plan many people find it difficult to pay tithes and give to god because they said the, the pastor doesn't know what i've been through i tell people i'm a businessman so i know what we go through to get money i've sat in somebody's waiting room Pastor. Agu. <laughs> we talked about this we had a good laugh the person knew i was waiting in his waiting room for five hours. Pastor <laughs> Abu said he will have gone there, he will have opened the man's door, abused him and walked away. I said, That's why you are not a businessman. <laughs> he said, What did I do? I said I said I kept waiting. What will I do? Because he's still there. I'm waiting. So I understand what it is to heal the rock. I understand what is challenges, how, how you go after a contract for months and months, for years before you get it i know how many trips i've had to make from washington to lagos just chasing a contract and then i travel i travel i wait i sit i travel i wait i sit, and the contract doesn't come and then god expects me to give him that money <sighs> give me a break but guess what this man was ready to give up that which he had worked for for the sake of christ because he esteem what is a reproach. <laughs> he gave value to what looks like nothing to other people. But to him, it was everything. Is Christ everything to you? Let's be frank. And how we're going to know is how you give, Is the ease in which you release it. The ease in which he released this showed us his heart. (laughs) But one thing we don't know is that it is God's blessing that we are alive. When you understand that the only reason why you can have what you have is because you are alive. Dead men don't tell tales. It's because you are alive. I know you've worked hard. I know what it is to work hard. (laughs) I know what it is to hustle. I know what it is to wake up in the morning and go in search of money. (laughs) I know what it is. But that should never stop. The one who gave you life and died for you should never, never stop in you supporting his agenda here on earth. He gave up what he had plans for he gave up what he desired to his taste. That's what he gave up. <laughs> he gave up the place of his resting place, his own final resting place. He gave it up for the Lord. You know, I want you to understand that the time he did this, he wasn't popular. Pastor Agu was saying something here. He said, the time to give is now. <laughs> when it seems difficult because you're saying no i need to hold on to this i need to hold on This at tough i can pay tights out of this but it's because you don't understand that is because you are alive <laughs> that's the only reason why you even have hope if you are dead there is nothing and it's of the mercies of the lord that we are not consumed this is of his message. Can any man had, like Jesus Christ said, a time to his life? No. We can't. People die at five, people die at 50, they die at 70, they die at 14. People die in different ages. The ages you are, you know people who have died at that age. Are they greater sinners than you? Joseph explained something to us in Mark 10:29. He explains something to us. You know, when Jesus Christ says, if you do not, he was talking to people who are going to be his disciples. Listen to what he says. Let's go to Mark. He says, anyone that loves his father and his mother more than me, is not going to be. Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left his house or brothers, his sisters, or father, mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake and the gospels. Continue. Who shall not receive a hundredfold in this time <laughs> let me tell you this when people read this they say how can Jesus say we shouldn't have attachment to our parents so, you know he says father and mother he, he, he gave us ten commandments and the first commandment with the promise is honor your parents your father and your mother so God does not expect us to be irresponsible that's not what this passage is saying but he's saying Parents, what you are born with, maybe it's an habit you are born with. Maybe it's a way of life that you, you, you know. Whatever it is that you are born with, you should have attachment to nothing. That's what he was basically telling us. If you have attachment to any of these things, no. He says, you can't be my disciple. So God doesn't want you and me to have attachment to anything. No matter how precious it looks to you, no matter the significance you have put on it, no matter whatever it is to you, he says, have attachment to nothing. That's what he's basically telling you and me. He doesn't want us to have attachment to anything that we can't give up for the Lord. And let me tell you this is the first lesson in discipleship. <laughs> Here's the first lesson. Matthew was sitting at the tax collector's table. <laughs> Jesus Christ said, Follow me. You know, uh, I've always said something, and I think I was talking to Pastor Abgo about this, that when you think about it, and Bishop Blumer yesterday, when you think about it, you know, they portray Jesus as just a man who, you know, the movies, the man is just wandering all over the place like an homeless man. <laughs> I said, That cannot be Jesus. That thing, that's Hollywood. How can a man go, you know, I'm I'm from Nigeria. A man who is sitting at the custom table, you just be walking, he say, follow me, and he will leave the place. I'll give you a break. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> yes, follow me. <laughs> James and John, they have Zebedee and Co. The company that their father was going to bequeath to them. And somebody will be walking. Say, follow me, and I will make you, and I follow you follow him. No. There must be an appearance of Jesus that must look wealthy, that must look promising, because if somebody says, I'm going to sew clothes for you, the first thing you do is that you look at what he's wearing. So it gives you an idea of what he's going to sew for you. <clears throat> Jesus cannot just be what they portray him, just walking around. No, 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 no. Even if you think about it, at his death, though the fabric and the cloth that he was wearing was already blooded. Guess what they did? They cast lots. It must be a good fabric. If it was khaki. Nobody will cast lots on khaki. <laughs> Who's going to do that? The fabric he must wear. He tells us of the kind of taste that Jesus Christ was have. Ah, they, they, they poured perfume on him. And Judas was saying, no, they shouldn't do that. They said the smell of the perfume filled the room. He said, Keep quiet. Let this lady, let me enjoy this perfume. Some of you, the perfume you use, even by the time you are going out of your own door, you can't even smell it again. <laughs> but the level of what he want, what he got. But all of this, Jesus himself never had any attachment to it. He just used it for the furtherance of the gospel. That's all he did for it. I'm trying to close. Jesus taught us, have attachment to nothing. No matter how much labor, even if you are born with it, which is what salvation does for us. His first message is repent, which means rethink. Rethink on these things. Rethink about the way your life is now. Rethink about where your life is going to be. He says rethink. Rethink about your life. That's what he wants us to do. Taught us a lesson. That is Joseph of Arimathea, that he had attachment to nothing. Not only did he teach us that; it teaches us never be ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, because it's the power of God unto salvation. He was not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He knew this has the potential, has the power to salvage that who has been caught into freedom and liberty. Joseph of Arimathea knew the value because he had been a disciple of Jesus. Do we know the value of him? Do we follow him because everybody is following him? Or do we follow him because we know him and we know his word? Brothers and sisters, Joseph explained this mark, like I said. Have attachment to nothing. I always say this, that one of the tests that God did that is very significant is the test that he did for Abraham, where he told Abraham, I want, you have one, you have attachment to it, I want you to give it up. (laughs) And of course, Abraham showed the Lord, I have attachment to nothing. That's what he showed him. I love, because God himself said, that son, you have one and you love that son. But I want you to give. <laughs> and when he was about to give it up, what the Lord said is that now I know <laughs> that you love me. That the sense and what shows how much we love him, because we say, Abraham's blessings are mine. Are you ready to go through the challenges of Abraham? He was ready to give up that one <laughs> that he had. They said, that's the friend of the Lord. That's why they called him his friend. He showed himself as a friend. His loyalty to him was ready to give up that one child. He taught us to have attachment to nothing. Jesus Christ he didn't have attachment to anything. <laughs> the Bible says in the book of Philippians, he gave up his throne so that you and me <laughs> can be saved. He did not think himself as equal, which he could have, but he had attachment to nothing. He became like a slave, came into this world, became like he's created. That's what he became. He became like you and me, he created us. He became like us. If he had attachment to his throne, he would never have left ever to come here to this world. But he had attachment to nothing. (laughs) He came to save you and me. If he had attachment, he would never have done it. He showed us that he has attachment to nothing. His father showed us he had attachment to nothing. By releasing his only son to come and die for us. He showed he had attachment to nothing. But I close with this God. But God has one attachment. He has one attachment. God has one and one and only one attachment. The only attachment that the Lord has and God has is you and me. That's the only attachment that he had. And because of that attachment that he has to you and me, he gave up his son that you and me will live eternally with him. No man will have any reason if he doesn't follow the Lord. That's the only attachment that God has. He does not want you and me to perish. He wants you and me to live eternally with him. That's only attachment. Yeah, he, he loved us so much. The Bible says that what manner of love is this that you and me can be called the children of God? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He has attachment to you. He has attachment to me. That's why I tell people: no one will have any reason if he misses heaven. because God has shown he has attachment to you and me. Even His only begotten Son, He released Him to suffer for you and me. The attachment of God to us, <laughs> uh, like that song, we were playing in the car when I was coming. It's it's the, the, it's the kind of love that is crazy. That that song, Pastor Shola, you like that song a lot. Um, Reckless love, thank you. God has reckless love for us. His attachment to us made him to have reckless love for us. Love that doesn't make sense. That's why the world has not accepted him. Because they cannot understand how the creator can love his creation this much that he will give up himself for that which he has created. His attachment to us is unbelievable. He doesn't want us to also have attachment to anything. <laughs> he doesn't have attachment to anything, but he has attachment to you and me. That's what he has for you and me. If a man misses heaven, what can be his reason when he has shown you and me how much he loved us? That's what he has shown. He told us not to be attached to anything, but he is attached to us in a reckless love that is unimaginable. I close by saying to you, what are you ready to give up for the Lord? What have you worked for? It is him that gives the power to get wealth. Joseph realized that I am who I am today by the grace of God. Hence, whatever is required of him. If God was going to nudge somebody and ask somebody to give up something that he has, that he has worked for, what he has saved, what he was looking forward to enjoy. Can God find you? Can God say, I know, like he said about Abraham, that I know he would teach his children the way of the Lord. Can God trust you? Can God trust me who is preaching it? That when he has a need, he will come to me, and they will come to you, and they will tell you what that need is, and you will release it. Listen to what he said. Go and tell the man who has a camel that the reason why you have never ridden reading that camel, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing this, is because of me. So tell him, Master has use of it. Can God say that to you? that I have use of what you have acquired. Of your influence, of your position, of where you are in your office. That the reason why I've put you here is for you to spread the gospel. It's for you to be my light. It's for you to be my ambassador. Can God trust you? Let's bow down our heads. I'm out of time. I'm not out of message. Can God trust you? Sincerely. For you to speak up to him, for him. We are there messing up and saying a lot of things about the name of Christ. I say no, no, wait, 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 wait! I'm one of them. This man declared before the governor that I'm one of them. <laughs> a man at that level, he said, "I am one of them." <laughs> he gave an honourable God a honourable and befitting finite barrier can you father lord once again we thank you i do not know if you are here today you've not accepted jesus christ as your lord and your savior is the first step the rest of us let's recommit ourselves we've not come to condemn us for we've come to encourage us for us to do one thing let's go back to being a disciple of the Lord let's go back and say master speak for the servant here That's it. Master, us speak for the servant here I am who I am today by the grace of God. Can you say that to the Lord today? If you want to accept him, can you raise up your hand? We want to pray with you. I did this some years ago. And I know when he says I will make you. I know how he has made my life. How he has turned it around. Is there anybody who is here today who says, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior? I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Can you show by raising up your hand? Thank you. Is there somebody else who says, I want to? Can you wave to me? I want to. I want to start this journey. I want to start this journey of discipleship. I want to be. This man's name is in the annals of divine history because of his singular action that he did. This man's faithfulness, he has the benefit of fulfilling the prophetic utterance of 400 years before. He was able to touch the stripes and the wounds of our Lord Jesus Christ by his obedience. There are many things the Lord wants you to touch if only you will obey. There are many things That God, what other people are praying about. That if by just obedience, you can touch what is important to the Lord by just your own obedience. You can fulfill prophecy by your obedience. Father, Lord, once again we thank you. Please, the person who raised up their hand, please, I would like you to take a step of faith and come. And so we can want to talk with you. Please come. Please come. My sister, come. Is there any other person? Come. Thank you. Is there any other person? Please come. Please come. Thank you. God bless you.